0: What's up Hyperfast Nation? Are you interested in learning how to save tens of thousands, even six figures or more on your taxes if you own investment property? And by the way, if you're a real estate agent that works with investors, this applies to you too. In this episode, I sat down with a cost segregation expert who explains just how to do that. Welcome to the show, Eric Oliver. All right, welcome to the show today,
1: Eric. How are you doing? I'm doing good, thanks Dan for having me.
0: Yeah, I'm excited to have you on and of of course talk about cost segregation, what that is, why you should probably take advantage of it this year if you haven't done it yet, and also for real estate agents, why you should learn about what this is because it's just another tool that you have in your pocket to create value for your clients and to learn how to work with investors because it's something that a lot of investors need help with. So Eric, why don't you give us your background and quick bio before we jump into cost segregation?
1: Sure. So um, I was born and raised in Salt Lake City, Utah. Um, My degree is in accounting. I never became a CPA. Um, I just got an accounting degree because I was trying to get through college and math always came easy. And I couldn't write a paper to save my life, so I thought, well, I'm going to go get an accounting degree. It's either that or finance. So got my degree in accounting, um, been doing cost segregation for about the last six years, Uh, loved it, loved real estate, and wanted to get more into this space. And so I figured with the uh, accounting degree background and interest in real estate, I thought this would be a great, great avenue for that. So I've uh, been working with CPAs and building owners across the country for the last seven years on helping accelerate these deductions and, and save tax money. So,
0: All right, well, at a high level, before we get into the nitty-gritty, what is cost segregation?
1: Yeah, that's a great question, Dan. So cost segregation is just accelerated depreciation. So One of the great benefits of owning real estate is, as an investor, is to be able to take what we call depreciation deductions against your income. Now, normally these deductions for residential properties are, uh, residential properties are depreciated over 27 and a half years, and commercial properties are typically depreciated over 39 years. So, just to make the math easy, let's say I have a $275,000 single-family rental, essentially I'm getting a $10,000 write-off every year for the next 27 and a half years. Now that's what we call straight line depreciation and that's what a lot of investors will take. They'll buy a property, give the uh, closing statement to their CPA and they just take that standard deduction. What we do with cost segregation is just accelerate those deductions. So, you know, when you buy a building, you're not just buying the land and the walls, you're also buying some carpets, some countertops, some cabinets, and so take these deductions the irs says carpet for example should be depreciated over five years so we accelerate those deductions by breaking out or segregating those costs into the different buckets
0: okay so you get a you get different bends if you will that's kind of how i sometimes explain it. like there's like one year stuff five year stuff 10 year 15 you know i don't know how many different categories there are but rather than just taking a, a fixed amount over a certain amount of years, like that carpet, for example, you said five years. So let's say that's the building has 10 grand of carpet. You get to take $2,000 a year for the five years on the carpet. Is exactly. Versus right? taking that okay.
1: 10,000 and, and dividing it up over 27 and a half years, you're now just breaking it up over five years. And so that's how we're able to front load these deductions in the early years.
0: And then on, on that straight line, by the way, cause I, I think a lot of like, busy investors or agents sometimes miss that or ones that don't have a good CPA or, you know, ACPA in general. Um, if you don't take that depreciation, you you can still get like hit with the recapture at the end of the deal, right?
1: Right. Am I right on that? Yeah. yeah. So whether you take it or not, you're going to have to pay some of it back when you sell the asset. So you might as well take it. So yeah, any revenue generating property, you should be depreciating. Um, either over twenty-seven and a half years, thirty-nine years, or accelerating it through a cost segregation study.
0: Now, cost the the cost segregation benefit, we'll call it, that got a lot better. Was it two thousand seventeen? The the accelerated uh, law was was passed. Yeah. So in two thousand
1: seventeen, two thousand eighteen, with uh, it was the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act, um, as as many of you remember. Back in 1718, Trump was in office. Trump obviously is a real estate investor, owns real estate all over the country. And so when he came up with his tax revisions, they were very favorable to real estate investors. So there's something called bonus depreciation. And bonus depreciation, what it does is it allows you to take those five, seven, and 15 year assets that we segregate in our cost seg studies. And instead of taking one-fifth like that example you gave with the $10,000 carpet and getting a $2,000 write-off, instead of breaking that up over five years, bonus depreciation allows you to take it all in the first year. So with the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act, bonus depreciation increased from what was 50% up to 100%. And so again, you get to take 100% of any deduction that has a useful life of 20 years or less, meaning you're 5, 7, and 15, Mm. All in the first year, and so this is huge for investors. I mean, we're just to give you some basic numbers. If you've got a hundred thousand um, dollar multifamily, let's say, well, that's actually let's say a million dollar multifamily. So you've got a multi- yeah. Where, where do you where
0: do you find this hundred thousand dollar multifamily? I caught myself. I'm like, there's no. I want way. in on it.
1: <laughs> there's no way in the country you're getting two units for more than a. So yeah, let's say a million dollar eightplex in Florida. I don't know if that's reasonable or not, but. Um, some parts, Some maybe. parts. Okay. So you got a million-dollar eightplex, And let's say I do need to state that you don't get to depreciate land. So land has to be backed out of the purchase price. So let's say we bought it for a million three, have 300,000 of land. So we got a million dollars of depreciable basis. If you do a cost seg study on that today, we're going to typically segregate around 30 percent into those shorter asset buckets. And if you get to take 100 percent of that 30 percent, That's a $300,000 write-off in the first year on a, you know, Mm. $1.3 million purchase. And so, again, that write-off comes off of your taxable income. So if you, let's say you make $500,000 a year, instead of paying tax on $500,000, you now have a $300,000 deduction and so you're only paying tax on $200,000. So, let's see, at a 37% tax bracket, that's, you know, almost $100,000 tax savings in the first year of purchasing that property.
0: Now, just so people can know, and, and to make sure I'm correct in my thinking on yes. this, uh, you can use it to offset capital gains, correct? Correct. And then if you are a real estate professional, it can actually be uh, an unlimited aduc- deduction against active income, is that
1: correct? Correct, yeah, so the if you're a real estate professional, um, so if you're a broker or an agent, and you do that for a living, you kind of have the golden ticket when it comes to this cost segregation stuff, because you've got the deduction that we create on your real estate is considered active because you're an active real estate professional, which means it can go to offset any of your active income or let's say you're married and your spouse has high W-2 income. Let's say I'm a real estate agent and my wife's a doctor and she makes 500,000 a year. I can use that $300,000 deduction in that example to not only offset my real estate income, but also my wife's high W-2 income. So again, for real estate professionals, uh, it's kind of the golden ticket because the rules change a little bit for them.
0: Hold that thought for a second. Are you a new real estate agent looking to jumpstart your career? Or perhaps you are an experienced agent looking to build and scale and get to the next level. If you are, I've got great news for you. After building and scaling multiple real estate businesses, I am now taking my real estate team to all 50 states. In fact, it's going to be international. I'm going to offer cutting-edge technology, training in lead generation, team building, investing, and additional opportunities to build revenue streams. If you are interested and want to learn more about this opportunity, send me a text message directly to my cell phone. 703 638 4393. Again, text me at 703 638 4393. What, um, and and now, yeah, we all we also should point out that this bonus, this 100% acceleration, it's going away soon, most likely, correct. Yeah,
1: so with the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act of seventeen eighteen, they kinda of put a timetable on it. So any properties that you put into service, any rental properties that go into service between September twenty seventh of seventeen and twelve thirty one of twenty twenty two, so the end of this year, are eligible for that one hundred percent bonus. Anything that goes into service next year, it drops down to eighty. So again, in that example with your $10,000 carpet, you're still getting 80% of that or 8,000 of that in the first year. The other 2,000 or other 20% gets spread out over the next four. So even at 80% and 60%, it's still very favorable to real estate investors. But just know that it is going to slowly phase out 20% every year going forward, starting in 2023.
0: Okay, I didn't know about the, the phase out. So uh, that that's that's better than if it was like a cliff, right? <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, and the, so in, news- in your, in your, uh, example of that $300,000, you know, deduction where there was the million dollar value right? next year, that would be 240,000 of the, de- of deduction. And then the other 60 is spread out over the, the, the years, depending on which, bennett is in yep you got it that's exactly
1: right so you're getting 240 up front the other sixty thousand gets spread out over five seven or 15 years and i I should add dan the nice thing about this bonus depreciation you just have to have your property in service this year Mm -hmm. cost segregation is is one of the few tools that you can kind of keep in your back pocket and utilize it when you have high income so let's say i buy a property this year i put it into service but I have another asset that I know is going to create a large capital gain event next year. I'm not going to do cost segregation on that new property this year. I'm going to keep it in my back pocket. Next year when I sell that asset and have that large capital gain, that's when I'm going to pull the cost segregation card and use that card. But because I put my property in service in 2022, I'm still eligible for that 100% bonus. So it's not the, the dates there are when the property goes into service, not necessarily when you do the cost seg study. So I just wanted to make that point
0: okay uh what's what's the process of you know figuring out these numbers you know you you said the ballpark it was 30 percent but um i'm sure it's different everywhere i kind of told you before this show on some of the ones i've done because the land value was high it was you know i didn't get as much but it was still a huge benefit so if you're listening and worried about that it still makes sense but What's the process if someone has a property that meets this criteria and they wanna, they wanna do this? How do, they, how do they actually get the numbers?
1: Sure, so there's kind of two ways. One, I'll just give you kind of the quick back of the napkin math. Um, you kind of mentioned it, but you take your purchase price, go to the county assessor, remove whatever the county assessor has for your land value. So let's say you buy it for 500,000, the county says the land is worth 100,000. So you now have $400,000 of depreciable basis. Take that $400,000 times 30%, and that's what you can anticipate your write-off being for the first year. So that's kind of the quick back-to-the-napkin math. Um, Most cost segregation companies, though, will provide a free benefit analysis. I know our firm, we never want to engage a client to do service with us unless we're going to save them significant money. And so if you've got a property that you've purchased this year or you've got a property you're looking at, you can definitely reach out to us. We would run what we call a free benefit analysis to give you a more accurate idea. We'll find the land value. Um, We'll look at the property, depending on the market it's in. Sometimes they're a little bit higher or lower. Just to give you an example, we do a lot of work in Florida and Arizona, for example, Mm. where a lot of the homes have um, ceramic tile flooring. And so ceramic tile is a long-term asset, but if you had LVP in those properties, that's a short-term asset. And so we'll take a look at those kind of different, features to figure out um what we anticipate and give you a conservative estimate that you can then use to kind of plan for your taxes and see if it makes sense
0: that's that's interesting to me that that this lvt is considered short-term compared to tile because they they certainly market it as long-term product right right
1: yeah (laughs) The IRS just says that tile should last longer than five years, and so, um, but you're right, LVP ty- typically, or LVT p- typically lasts longer than five years as well. But because we can easily remove it without damaging the floor and stuff, it's a, considered a short-term asset. And so um, those are just some things that we look for when we're running the analysis. And again, we'll give you an idea of what your expected tax savings would be, what our fee would be, and then you can work with your CPA to decide if, if this is the best year to, to utilize those deductions
0: is there a general like price range you have to hit or minimum threshold where it kind of makes sense yeah that's um, a
1: great question because that's kind of a moving target that changes or has changed significantly with this bonus depreciation so prior to 2017 i would say if your asset's not greater than a $500,000 asset then the fee and the benefit probably don't make sense However, okay. with bonus depreciation, now we do, you know, a $200,000 residential rental, we might create a $60,000 deduction and at a 30% tax bracket, that's a $20,000 tax savings. Now to give you an idea idea on the fee on a small single family rental, we might charge, you know, 2,000 to 2,200 but if you're saving twenty thousand in taxes you know that's a 10 x return and I'll take that all day long so the threshold I would say if you've got any properties with a basis of about two hundred thousand or higher, it's definitely worth looking at cost segregation, especially mm. with this bonus depreciation because there is an opportunity there for you to save significant money
0: is that two hundred k purchase price or on uh, improved value?
1: That's a great question. So it depends. If you buy a $200,000 okay. home in Alabama and the land is worth five, uh, 5%, then that will probably work. If you buy okay. a $200,000 home in Florida and the land is 50%, now you've only got 100000 of basis and that probably wouldn't work. So okay. I would say usually closer to 200000 after you've taken out the land value.
0: And then I... Um Let's talk about this scenario and how someone like you might be able to help someone. Let's say they buy a house that is going to have to be a either a complete new build or a renovation. Do they talk to you before doing that or after?
1: Um, Definitely before because we might want to do the study before the renovation takes place. It kind of depends on when you put the building into service. So let's say I buy a Um, a single family rental and it's a little bit beat up and I know I'm gonna have to put some money into it, but let's say that when I buy it, there's already a lease agreement in place and I've got renters in there for the next six months. The idea there is you would do cost segregation before you do the renovations because it's technically in service because you're renting it out, you've got a lease agreement. So we would do the cost segregation study before, capture all the components that are in there, the, the old cabinets, the old countertops, the old flooring, maximize the depreciation on those, then when you kick those tenants out and do your renovations, we now get to take the deductions on the new carpet, the new countertops, the new cabinets. So that's a scenario where you get both sets of countertops and cabinets. A little different scenario, kind of along the same lines, is let's say I buy a vacant building that's a little bit beat up and nobody's nobody's renting it and I'm going to go drop 100 or 200,000 into it to get it up and get it rent ready, because it was never in service you can't take the deduction on those old cabinets so it it all depends on when you place the building into service so kind of from a strategic standpoint if you buy a building that you know you're going to renovate if it's rentable or if you could rent it out for let's say a six-month lease it might make sense to rent it out for six months as is because you can take the deduction on all those old assets and then, when you, you know, once the lease expires after six months, you go in, you renovate it, and now you get to take the depreciation on all the new assets as well. Mm.
0: So, what if, what if you, uh, because there's just so many cr- scenarios that happen in these types of si- sure. situations. What if, what if you buy it? There's a renter in there, they're there for like a month or two, and then you start the renovation. Like, is there a time period that that renter has to be there, or how does not
1: that not necessarily? I mean, so, yeah it really comes up to your the your CPA and what they're comfortable with it's kind of a gray area in the tax code there's nothing that says you have to rent it out for three months in order to take the deductions but if you were ever to be audited it really comes down to your intent so I'll give you an example let's say you buy a building it's vacant and you sign a lease to your brother for a month. Just to take the depreciation and then you kick your brother out the irs is going to say yeah we know why you were doing that we're, we're we're on to you but in that case if i buy a building and there's an existing tenant that's been in there and they're only in there for two months it was in service the day i bought it right right so the irs is always looking whenever they audit these type of things they're looking at your intent and so if your intent was just to maximize your depreciation and take advantage of the system they'll 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 catch on to that but there are scenarios where you might only rent it for a month or two because there's an existing lease i mean we see that quite often with retail space or even even residential space where i buy a building that's got renters in there we let their lease play out for the next month or two before we go in and make our changes Um, i don't see any reason why you know our intent wasn't to just maximize the deductions it's just that's the way the scenario lined up because we allowed them to play out their their lease agreement so comes down to intent
0: hey hold that thought do you want to get a 100 tips for free from my best selling real estate book the hyper local hyper fast real estate agent if you do go to hyperfasttips.com and you can download 100 of my best tips today again that's hyperfasttips.com you can download a 100 tips on how to grow your business get more clients deliver more value to more people go to hyperfasttips.com what what's been the effect of this this new law uh you i guess you've seen it for almost five years now what what has that done for investors and the overall market
1: yeah it's it's been crazy so with this hundred percent bonus again this was part of trump's tax cuts and jobs act he's a real estate investor very favorable to real estate investors Um, so we've seen real estate investors basically pay little to no taxes over the last five to seven years. And so if you own real estate and you're paying taxes, um, it, it's definitely worth looking into because the laws are so favorable right now. But basically think about it this way. Then if you were to, we see a lot of syndicators who basically will say, because they're leveraging the deal with debt. So they let's say they're putting 200,000 down on a million dollar property. We're still doing our cost seg on the million dollars. And so right. they're able to say, hey, investor, you give us 100,000 to put towards our project. We're going to turn around and give you a $100,000 deduction coming back. And that's just unheard of to be able to invest 100,000 and get a $100,000 deduction. And so we've seen some syndication deals where they'd get almost all of their down payment back in the form <laughs> of tax savings which then they just turn around and take that tax savings and go reinvest it in another property and just keep running that cycle through. And so um, it's been great for real estate investors. We'll see how the new administration, if they let this, you know, bonus depreciation expire. I think that with the way the economy is and the talks of a recession and whatnot, um, there's probably a good chance, not in the immediate future, but down the line that, that this bonus depreciation gets extended. But we'll just have to cut bonus... I should state that bonus is a lever that's used by the IRS and the government to stimulate the economy. So if they right. want if the economy is struggling, they throw this bonus out there so that people go out and buy stuff. It doesn't just apply to real estate. If you were to buy a new bulldozer, you'd get bonus depreciation on your bulldozer. So that's what it's for. And so I think it will get extended, just maybe not in the in the immediate future.
0: What happens at the end of this, because this this is all deferment right so like in that syndication example they get a big tax savings up front but then what happens in five to seven years when the syndication sells the deal no that's a, that's a great they, question, that's a question. They, you know, is, that, is that investor gonna get hammered or, or what do you do
1: <laughs> yeah no that's a great question because that's one we get often because you're right when you sell an asset you do have to pay some of this depreciation back in the form of what they call recapture tax so when you sell an asset, there's two types of tax you pay, a capital gains tax and a recapture tax. And the recapture tax is calculated based on the amount of depreciation you've taken. So I'm telling you, take all your depreciation up front, but then if you think about it, you're like, well, wait, don't I just have to pay it all back? And I'll kind of back into that, to the answer to that question because I think it makes more sense and then it will keep us out of the weeds a little bit. But mm-hmm. let me state it this way, if you buy a property for a million dollars five years ago, and you sell it for $2 million today, when you go settle up with the IRS, you're telling them that everything doubled in value. You're saying my land is worth double, my walls are worth double, and so is my dirty old nasty carpet. You're selling your dirty old nasty carpet for double what you paid for it. Well, carpet doesn't go up in value. Carpet goes down in value. All your five-year assets go down in value. Your cabinets, your countertops, all that stuff goes down in value, not up. But when you don't have a cost segregation study done, you can't allocate the sales price to the right buckets. It just all gets evenly distributed out. The gain gets evenly distributed Mm -hmm. out to all those buckets. Well, we know our carpet didn't go up in value. We're not going to sell our carpet for a gain. And so we're able to remove that gain from the carpet by having the cost seg study done. So at a high level, the whole idea behind cost segregation is take your deductions today at your high ordinary income rate pay back a portion of it, and that portion is dependent upon how long you own it, pay back a portion at a future date, at a lower rate, and save the spread. And so, gotcha. that's really where the power of cost-segregation. So yes, you do pay some of it back, but you pay it back at a lower rate on a lesser amount and save the spread.
0: And then I guess the other, you know, you could do a 1031 exchange, yep. you could you could, you could, could buy a new asset that you do a cost-segregation with the, that offsets the... Yep the increase you know in that year so there's there's still things you can do uh, but worst case you're deferring it and you're lowering the rate that sounds like the bottom line
1: yep and you're paying it back on a lesson you're not only you're deferring it but you're deferring a portion of it and paying it back at a lower rate that's correct
0: all right Eric this has been uh, amazing very informational and a lot of great lessons for what investors should do and real estate agents you need to learn this offer this kind of value and knowledge to your clients, especially your investor clients. Uh, before I wrap up, I always like to do a hyper fast round if you're ready for some rapid fire Q&A.
1: Sure. Let's go for it.
0: What's the, sure. What's the best real estate investment you've ever made?
1: Um, I invested in some um, micro apartments in a qualified opportunity zone, so I was able to defer mm-hmm. some capital gains which should hopefully pay off in the end.
0: What's something that you think all real estate investors should do but a lot of them don't do
1: pay for a good cpa so stop getting your taxes done by these box stores or um a cpa there's a cpa there's a tax preparer let me back up there's a tax preparer who this is not going to be hyper fast i apologize (laughs)
0: it's okay it's okay i think
1: it's worth it so there's a tax so we have tax preparers and we have tax strategists pay for a tax strategist tax preparers take the information you give them and they spit out a return and a tax strategist meets with you probably quarterly to strategize on how to reduce your tax bill and it's two different things and they cost two different amounts but it's worth every dollar to pay the extra money to have a tax strategist versus somebody who's just filing your taxes for you
0: that is a great point uh next one describe a challenge you faced in real estate and a lesson you learned from it.
1: Yes, this goes actually hand in hand with what I just stated. So my very first rental property, I was using my primary residence that I was, I was living in Virginia at the time and moving to New York and I wanted to rent my Virginia house and I didn't wanna pay somebody to do it. And so I'm like, I can handle this. I know what I'm doing. And so we moved to New York and got horrible tenants in there that weren't paying rent. I didn't run background checks. Moral of the story is, Know what you're good at and just stay in your lane. And the stuff you're not good at, pay somebody to do it who is good at it because you will save more money in the long run. So know your strengths and outsource your weaknesses.
0: What's something that you're doing in your business now that you were not doing a year ago?
1: Um, probably, that's a good question. I think I'm taking, to be honest with you, I'm taking more time for myself um mm-hmm. i was caught up in the just work 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 all day long and not stopping to really strategize and so i've tried to really take a step back and slow down and strategize and work smarter not harder i, I would say all right last one where do you see yourself five years from now um five years from now hopefully um still doing cost seg. i love what i do it's the easiest best sales job i've ever had because it's I don't have to sell anything. It's just a math equation. Either write me a check for four grand or write the IRS a check for a hundred grand. I don't care. Just let me know when you're ready to move forward. So I love what I'm doing. So hopefully I'm still doing cost seg um, and hopefully I've increased my real estate portfolio. I would like to hopefully retire at some point. And so um, hopefully use real estate to, to be able to do that.
0: All right, Eric, thank you so much for being on the show today all of the great lessons and advice and strategies you gave. If people want to learn more from you or connect with you or follow you on social media, how should they do that?
1: Yeah, so the best uh, way to follow me is just on LinkedIn. So it's just Eric with a K, E-R-I-K, last name's Oliver, O-L-I-V-E-R. And then also our website. So I should state, Dan, we do a free benefit analysis. So if any of your real estate investor clients have a property they're considering or that you might think they might be able to save some money on, We do that all the time we do um, analysis for properties that aren't even purchased yet so as a as a real estate agent if my client's thinking about purchasing this property i can have an analysis run for them and that's just one more benefit that i can provide or value that i can provide and say hey you're about to close on this property have you considered this here's some initial numbers and here's what you might be able to save and so we do a free benefit analysis so on our website my contact information is there my email phone number Um, as well as there's a link to where you can request one of these analyses for free. Um, But I would recommend for your real estate agent listeners, um, use this as a tool like you mentioned. Use us as a resource, please.
0: All right. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show today. To all of our listeners and viewers, thank you for tuning in. Please share this episode with other people that you think would benefit from Eric's lessons. We will see you next time. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure and go to hyperfastagent.com to learn about upcoming in-person and online events. And don't forget to share this show with someone that you think could benefit from hearing it. And make sure you subscribe on YouTube or anywhere that you can find podcasts. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Hyper Fat Show. Subscribe to us if you want to make sure you get the latest and greatest Hyper Fat shows. And remember, we love reviews. Reviews help us bring better and better guests, and improve our shows, and so give us the good, the bad, and the ugly. We hope you enjoyed the show, and we will see you next time. Hey guys, thanks for sticking around to the end. I hope you enjoyed that video, and if you want to see more, click right here. And if you want 100 real estate tips from my best-selling book, click right here to download them instantly. And if you're new to this channel, click below to subscribe